Welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. There you go. I'm John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. I want to thank you for for checking us out here, uh, whether you're watching us on Facebook live stream or whether you're checking this out as a podcast, I greatly appreciate it. For those who aren't watching, I do have a guest joining me here in studio. I've got my, my good friend, Matt Hill. And look, usually when Matt and I get together, there's a lot of laughter. You know, we, we joke around quite a bit, but I asked Matt to join me because we've got, we've got a serious issue to talk about here. And invariably somehow we still manage to, a lot humor creepy even into serious subjects it's kind of a um it's a characteristic it's <laughs> characteristic of native people right yep so let me let me go back a little bit you know i i screened the film dakota 38 uh for a couple of uh, a couple of years i did that in new york and and i you know i've shared that film with people and for those who don't know the dakota 38 the film is about reenacting the ride that native people were forced to go on to, to be executed in Mankato, Minnesota. Abraham Lincoln had signed the execution order of, uh, for 39. They actually only executed 38 um, Dakota in Mankato, Minnesota. And this execution took place the day after Christmas in 1862, which happened to be a week before the Emancipation Proclamation was essentially signed into law. So they reenact this 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 ride, and it's tough. I mean, you're you're talking about riding in the harshest conditions in the Upper Plains uh, state areas. It's very very cold, lots of snow. It's tough on the horses. It's tough on the people. But and and they had a pretty good crew that was that was a part of this ride. And they and of course it was being produced as a film. The producers weren't native. In fact, the one guy was from Long Island, and. And there were some there were some issues, and the, and I was glad they let some of the the tensions of the production kind of show through in the video. And what they had done was um, what they had done was they they utilized or, or used the hospitality of non-native people in um, along the way to, to basically to help them out to, to help you know uh, shelter the horses, feed the horses, uh, uh, fed the crew. And some of the native people struggled with that hospitality. And again, the guy, the young guy who was from Long Island, who was helping to produce the film, he couldn't understand why there wasn't more, um, I don't know, graciousness or more uh, you know, um, thankfulness, appreciation from the from from some of the native people. He just didn't get it. And and of course, th this tension could show throughout the uh, throughout the film and throughout the ride. But one of the guys that they highlighted was a young guy by the name of Billy Ray Dumark. And, you know, Billy Ray came from a tough spot and they did, they profiled some of these guys on where they came from, how they came to be on this ride, what, what the conditions were back on their territories. And, and for him, it wasn't good. I mean, it wasn't good at all. And, but you can see his spirits kind of get lifted through, through the, you know, the duration of this ride. And, and he was one of the guys who said he had a real problem with, with white people. I think he called them Caucasians in the, in the film. Um, but you can see the guy kind of had a, a you know a, a little more you know lift in his step I guess towards the end of the film, um, but you you profiled this guy you, this guy was profiled in the film and and you know and, and what what gets missed is how some of the native people if not all of them had to harbor a certain amount of resentment that even though these white people were being gracious and you know unhospitable and all that other stuff. 
they were living affluent lives on their Aboriginal homelands. I mean, the, these guys were the beneficiaries of the land loss. And, and I think that has to weigh in, and, but it never got addressed in the film. The other thing that never really got addressed was, was a, a deeper understanding of the tensions that exist back home. You know, some of these guys covered a little bit, but the first time I screened the film, I didn't realize till the end when I watched the, 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 the notes at the end, the credits, and they did the in memoriam uh, in, in memorial uh, of, of certain people who had passed away. And one of them was Billy Ray Dumas. So I wanted to find out how did this young guy die? And he, and he committed suicide. He was in one, one of the last phrases out of him was how he looked forward to doing the ride ne the next year. And he never saw the next year. When I screen this film in New York and I, and I highlight that specific issue, um, I lost it a couple of times. I mean, I was, I was fully choked up. I had to like take a pause and that kind of stuff. I mean, it, the idea of young people in particular, but certainly anybody committing suicide and, and especially knowing what the, what I do know about the historical trauma and the tensions and the problems and the, you know, the, the abject poverty and all of the, the, the things you don't want to lead in that lead on native territories, understanding all that stuff is what makes this stuff so hard because I, I can't, I have to believe that the, 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 the vast majority of non-native viewers of this film weren't necessarily going to understand it. And part of the reason they don't understand it is that we aren't very good about talking about this issue. And now, Matt, you and I, we, we kind of went back and forth a little bit on reservation dogs mm -hmm. um, on, on social media. And, and I offered a critique of it. I, you know, I said it was good, but it wasn't great. And, and I talked about what I thought were some of the shortcomings. And there were a few holes. Yeah. And, and look, that, and I'm not saying that this wasn't a, a really good TV show no. and one that's worth watching. It certainly is. I, I enjoyed watching it. I look forward to it every week catching it, uh, all three seasons. And, but I felt like the storyline was, didn't, you, it was hard to know exactly what they're trying to accomplish. But here's the thing. The premise of the, of the whole show starts with, uh, you know, um, a little group of guys that are, teenagers that they really have called themselves a gang and they call themselves the res dogs or the reservation dogs. Mm -hmm. And what's made obvious right from the start is that these guys are reeling from one of their, uh, their buddies um, having killed himself. They don't address any of the mental health issues that frankly, any of these, any of the characters in, in the show are really dealing with. They I mean, show a little bit of emotion. Uh, of in the individuals, but not as a, a little group. bit of grief. I mean, that you know, there was a time of reflection and stuff, but there was never no working towards any kind of resolve or uh, any deeper acknowledgement of what was the root of his whole his, his whole. Uh, so you mentioned you mentioned suicide, but you don't really address it, and you don't really talk How about. How did they it. get through it? I mean, well, and and of course, the the again, the premise of the show is that these guys, upon the death of their friend want to get off the territory and one of their goals is to go to california and i think that was probably you know, something that the, that the was character daniel wanted yeah. to do so so part of the you know the backdrop of the of the show is about these guys trying to make it out to california and um so i mean that's that's part of the theme that runs through but they never really address look because part of the whole thing w that we do understand about suicide is it is a very um solo act and uh, when, when it actually comes down to somebody committing the act, they, you know, you know, look, I know there's been suicide pacts and that kind of stuff, but in these situations, 
what you really see is is somebody who is probably been somewhat secluded, has tucked himself away from his friends and, and that kind of stuff, and, and he's, he's brooding and and, and having a, a difficult time dealing with any a full range of things, especially the full range of things that can exist on a native territory. And look, you and I, Matt, have the luxury of living in a place that doesn't have as much of that tension mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. And we don't live in the same kind of poverty that some of these other territories out West are in. And, and we're not as isolated or, or tucked away from the rest of the world as, you know, and I'm not saying that's, that's always a good thing, but, but we have a different um, foundation, I guess. And, and, and it's not because we're more connected to our culture than other people are. I mean, we can, we can have that debate, but, you know, I, I think part of it is, is circumstance and the conditions and the quality of life in some of these territories is pretty bad. Yep. So, so anyway, so I, I didn't think that reservation dogs prop adequately addressed the issue of suicide. And look, in my critiques, I had people saying, oh, I think you're, you're, you're absolutely wrong. I think the show was absolutely brilliant. And they, they, somebody actually said, gave a comment, something to the effect, like they even normalized suicide and LGDB issues. Look, I, as I recall, there was only one gay person that was clearly gay in the whole show. And he mm-hmm. was the, one of the admissions officers yep. to, the, to the school that one of the girls was going to go to. And didn't really confront, you know, the, it didn't really confront the issue. As it far was as just a character to show. It wasn't any kind of uh, issues or anything that was even presented to him or, or by him or anything. Yeah. It, was just a, it was just a character. Nor do I think the idea of trying to normalize suicide is something that we should be gravitating towards. I don't think that should be a push. I, you know, in fact, at this point, because we understand, especially youth suicide is probably got the highest prevalence among native people, native kids on native territories in native communities. I, look, I'm, I'm opposed and, and I, I reject the notion that we need to normalize that. Like somehow, you know, teen suicide is a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And so even that response, and, and I don't, I, and look, I'm not going to condemn the person who, who made that, that comment. I, I think that they were, um, they were trying to make a point. Um, and maybe they, their choice of words was, was not, was not appropriate, but, but I know, and I, and I look, we have experienced suicides in our territories. The other thing that we, we experience in our territories is, um, is a high incidence of alcohol and, and, and substance abuses. And I think some of the, the reckless drug use is, you know, I think that there's a really blurry line between that and suicide mm-hmm. in some instances. I'm not saying everybody who, who takes, you know, fentanyl or, 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 or heroin or whatever else, that I'm not saying they're all trying to kill themselves, but there's a certain recklessness There's associated. an amount of uh, knowledge that that's a possibility. That it's deadly, yeah. And so, so I I always kind of I can't fully distinguish with some of the su- the the overdoses that I've become familiar with from you know essentially a suicide. And you know, and and I, I may get a lot of flack for this for for that comment, but I think some of it is it. it I think it's a hazy line there, but. So why am I bringing this up now? Why well, I can't tell you. I went to New York a couple of weeks ago, and I was a part of. Um, I was moderating a discussion. Excuse me, a discussion amongst some of the people involved with the production and appearing on a PBS um, series called Native America, and it's it's running now through the you know through the month. Uh, I think the third episode just aired a uh, uh, couple of, uh, last night. night. Last night. And so we, we showed the first episode and we did this, you know, several weeks ago before it premiered on television. 
And we had a couple of guys from Hallucination on there. We had uh, um, uh, Boots Kennedy, who was one of the native producers of the show, and then one, one of the non-native producers of the show. And we took we field the questions from the from the audience, and, and we, we had basically a, across this discussion about one thing about native people being able to assert more of a presence in the creative process of some of this stuff. And, and, and that's been a lot of the talk associated with reservation dogs. And to some extent, even with the, the consultation and the participation of, of uh, actors and characters and, and the Osage directly in the, in the movie killers of the flower moon, <clears throat> not going to get into that movie right now. We'll do that another time, but, and look, I am all for Native people being a part of that creative process. I, I think, you know, Sidney Freeland, who is a, a, a film director who, who cut her teeth with uh, initially with um, uh, Drunk Town's Finest and has done a lot of work with uh, you know, Sundown. And, and I think she's done some some great stuff. And, and she I think she even uh, directed a couple of the Reservation Dog uh, episodes. And I think she's doing an MCU. She's, she's actually directing uh, Echo, which is a, uh, yep. a Native character, one of the... Uh, um, Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe character. So, uh, so look, and and I, so I applaud her. And, and of course, a lot of these other uh, other guys, you know, some of the um, 1492 guys that have you know have really gone uh, gone they move big. themselves forward pretty good. Yeah. So look, I, I'm all for that, but that doesn't mean that I don't hold them accountable. So, episode two of season two of uh, Native America had a title. Um, warrior spirit and and look these programs and and they, and they actually post something on social media encouraging people to to look at these uh, these features these segments for inspiration they're recommending that that students from they're, they're doing this as part of the pbs teaching series and they're saying let students from grade six to grade 12 watch these these things and and look some of them are okay i mean and, and some of them are good and they're all produced pretty well. But one of the segments in episode two, again, Warrior Spirits, was, was featuring a group of young boys, feature, you know, kind of highlighting one boy in particular, who, and they were doing this, what the, the, this uh, horseback relay racing. And, and, and I think it was in Blackfoot territory up in Montana. And, uh, and I, they, I think he was from the Flathead Reservation. So when they first introduce uh, Dylan is the kid's name and they first introduce him and his family, his father's um, uh, helping with the horses, mother's, you know, obviously a big fan of what they're doing and that kind of stuff. They kind of frame it as something that's almost therapeutic because the basketball team that, that this kid, and he's only 15 years old, you know, had played on several of the, uh, of his teammates committed suicide. Like, I don't know if it was just a year or so before that it, it, it's not made real clear. But his, his his father was the basketball coach, and and these were teammates of his. And and as I recall, they said a, a couple of these these young boys had committed suicide, and it had really rocked the community hard. Again, they don't mention anything more than you know about mental health or anything else. Although they do say that doing this this horse racing and and having the kids involved with horses has been therapeutic, and they and they've seen you know this again, the, the, the kid that they're highlighting this Dylan, they, they saw his spirits lift as they were going through this, uh, this whole, you know, process and, and finally going to this, you know, this big tournament, this championship uh, race that, uh, that he was going to participate. In. And clearly he was newer at this than some of the, you know, some of the more experienced riders and, you know, and he didn't do very well, but, but he, he represented himself pretty well. And, 
and the, and the mother and the father were both really enthused about um, how this was bringing something uplifting to that community. You know, and and it, they never mentioned the whole suicide thing again. But they, you know, except for when they first introduced these characters. Um, but but so they 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 end it with the with his final race, uh, which he you know he does he does the mounts and dismounts quite quite well and and that kind of thing. And if you watch the show, you could shut it off right there, thinking it was at the end. But there's a postscript, and the postscript is narrated by one of the producers, and they basically go back to an image of the territory of uh, Blackfoot Reservation, and and they said. Um, that they had, you know, this, this terrible, you know, tragedy that happened because, because Dylan killed himself. They filmed this, the, that these episodes, the segment in the summer of, uh, 2022. And in November, this is actually going to be the, the, the one right now is essentially the one year anniversary of, of Dylan committing suicide. And that's it. They didn't, and and again, and I'm not I'm not trying to be overly critical of Boots Kennedy. He he produced the segment, but I don't know that it was appropriate to use this segment, especially with the ultimate outcome, as something that fit in with this warrior spirit theme. Nor should this episode be encouraged without any other conversation about suicide. Should it be encouraged to be viewed as a some sort of inspiration for, for the, people for the age group and for the age group. Yeah. So when I watched this Tuesday night, I, I are not, I'm last Tuesday night. I struggled for days with this thing and you know, and that's when you messaged me. Yeah. So yeah, I'm reaching out, I'm reaching out to Matt. I'm talking to my wife and, and I know my wife was actually concerned because I don't get that emotionally involved in, um, in things like this. But this one, just like with Bill Ray Dumark, this one hit me right in the gut. And, and I thought the use of this segment was inappropriate. So I come back to the same conversation, which is, is the mere mention of suicide adequate for, for, for addressing the issue? No. I mean, and, and, and I think that's where, where I get concerned. I don't think we're dealing with mental health issues properly. You know, I don't think we we deal with grief counseling. In fact, I'm gonna I'm I'm actually meeting with a, a group here uh, on on Cater, in August that that is trying to do this grief support um, group, and I find out a little bit more what they're about. I'll probably have somebody on the on the program to talk about it. Um, and and this had to do with with you know just somebody dying in the family. It wasn't necessarily about uh, at least initially what what initiated this this work wasn't necessarily an overdose or some, um, you know, violent tragedy that, that resulted or, or suicide. But I think the idea of trying to do grief counseling has to go beyond just dealing with something after the fact, I think we need to have something that's a little bit more proactive and more preventative. And, you know, look, we, I think the, the clinic here on the Seneca nation territory is pretty good. I still think they need better mental health uh, counselors. Mm -hmm. And and I think they're, they need to put a higher concentration and not just here. Like I said, I don't think we have it as bad here as, as some territories do, but look, I, we can track 
the quality of life on native territories to everything that every ill that exists on our territories, everything from missing and murdered indigenous women to, um, to substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, and the like, to uh, high school dropouts, teen pregnancy, um, the list, runaway, yeah, all of those lists, <laughs> in, in, including the highest rate of suicides, teen suicides, uh, amongst any other segment, quote unquote, of American society. You can argue whether we're really, we're really even a part of American society, but certainly they didn't even track youth suicides. And in fact, most, most of the time, if a kid committed suicide, it was such an anomaly that it, it wasn't a big enough number for them to even keep track of. Then we started seeing more and more of it, especially from native territories. And, and of course, now we, we see it in, across other segments of society, but still, this is an area that native people lead a list that you don't want to be the head of. Yep. So part of the whole thing, and, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not criticizing this, you know, reservation dogs. Um, I thought when I, Dakota 38, especially because I've seen the film multiple times and knowing what the outcome is, I, it makes me watch the character a little bit more closely. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I, and I watched this uh, native America episode multiple times too in fact my wife was getting a little concerned because i had watched it like several times in a row and 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 i'm just trying to pick up cues i mean and 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 it's tough because that kind of analysis is is kind of meaningless at at this point but you know the the thing is he had friends i mean this, this his race team included three other boys his age group you know one that you know, held the horse that he was going to go on to next one that stopped and caught the horse. And then one who took the horse that, w- that they jumped off of, you know, off the track, you know, and so he, he had, he had the family support. I mean, at least the appearance of it on this episode, we don't know what, what life, you know, 24 seven is like, but at some point we need to have a better sense for what's happening with our, with our young people. And, and that includes everything from, from what they're doing recreationally, and 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 the level of uh, solitude and loneliness. I mean, you know, I, I see all these these mental health experts saying that loneliness is becoming an epidemic problem. Loneliness. I mean, that's loneliness in a, is in just, the age of connectivity that we have today. Is, well, and and yeah, you you think because you can connect with everybody at any given time, twenty four seven. How is it that people are so lonely? But that's that's where we, where we have it. And now, if you live in a ter- in a territory that is remote. Don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> may or may not have Wi-Fi, so you didn't even really have that. I mean, it's very, very problematic. But I got to tell you, I'm. I also have to. Yeah. It's great to have Native people producing film, producing uh, entertainment, streaming services, and, and TV shows, and that kind of stuff. But. So I got to ask John, what, what do you see as being a uh, proper course for? What would you see? Want to see in a show like that? I mean, how would? What key points would you want to see focused on as far as uh, resolving the the issues? I know uh, we have our own uh, like you know condolence ceremony, and and there's a whole bunch of other different teachings that. Um, I'm I mean, glad you brought even, that up, but we'll talk about that even, in a minute too. Even going on the uh, even going in on, into the Gnonio, mm-hmm. you know, we we got to highlight these things in a way that helps us see our our life. At, life's importance i mean because face it a lot of these things are uh loss of identity and and from what i 
been discuss in, in discussions I've had that say that the majority that causes these all of these social issues is, is our lack of uh, of our identity, our, our removal from it. Well, and that and that identity is also you know again without turning it back to a Buffy St. Marie conversation, the identity theft and the amount of frauds and the amount of people who are misrepresenting what is the historical trauma. Mm -hmm. And because you, you take somebody like Buffy St. Marie, who who's pitching this, this false narrative about what her life was like, the immediate thing you say is, well, look, she made it in spite of all that. And so we get into that whole bootstraps thing. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah. thing. But but uh, you know, so I, that's some people part, don't have boots. <laughs> well, they don't have boots. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, back to the original question. I think one of the things that I would love to see is a little more emphasis on picking up the cues, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and they and they may be a little bit distinct for Native people because of uh, again the quality of life that that many of us have in in some of these territories. Uh, you know. I mean, look, we have territories that don't have running water mm -hmm. or the, or clean, drinkable water. I mean, decent housing. I mean, I, I mean any number of things. I mean, you know, people, a, a history of people freezing to death every year in places like Pine Ridge. I mean, we this exists. Right. So we understand that the cues, especially for young people, that should be, you know, warning signs, red flags for people. We need to identify them more. And. And let's let's some of these folks involved in entertainment highlight some of that stuff. I mean, let's, I mean the, the first, the first. Uh, I don't want, I don't want to say twelve steps, but I mean one of the first steps that we do is identifying that. I well, mean, I think we all know. I mean, in fact, like I said, there's a sense of this idea of trying to normalize suicide as as a plague or something, and it's and it isn't. I mean, well, you know. <laughs> What we talked about before is, uh, you know, we shouldn't be using this in our media and our stories and stuff like that. It's just a plot line. It, it, I, I, uh, it, it's just a, a topic. It's not even an issue. It's just mentioned just as casual as part of our, uh, say, media identity or, or film identity. Or, it, or, it, sens or sensationalizing. It goes yeah. hand in hand now with uh, why would we got to reduce it to such a thing that would be just like a, you know, the drunken Indian, the, uh, uh, you know, how is suicide mentioned right in there is just a plot device. You know, it's not a, it's not anything other than just a part of the, the person, uh, character. Like, you know I mean? Well, and it also, line. it's just filling, like, filling the line in the story. It's not, it also ends up contributing to this idea of that we're, that we're, you know, that killing ourselves, it. that we're literally killing ourselves, right? That we're, that we're you know, th that a lot of the ills that we experience on our territory are of our own making. And, and you do that by not addressing how we get to this place in the first place. I mean, I say it all the time, the poverty that exists in native territories, including this one. I mean, there's yeah, still there's like 30% of the, the population here in Seneca territory lives below the poverty line or mm -hmm. at or below. So, but that poverty is created. I mean, and, and it's and it's not only created, it is sustained. I mean, look, you got the governor of the state of New York, you know, walking away with half of the gaming revenue out of the Seneca yeah. Nation, extorting it out of the Seneca Nation. That's taking money that could be used for suicide prevention programs. Mm. I mean, she's literally taking that away. So when I when you talk about poverty on our territories or any of the other quality of life issues, those are definitely things that are policy driven. We were a people who thrived, who lived meaningful, you know, fruitful lives 
for tens of thousands of years before white men showed up here. Mm-hmm. So, so to suggest that that our our primitiveness and our barbarism, you know, is, is somehow plaguing our ability to, you know, to to live past you know sixty years old is that, it's, that's it's because crazy. we've been told that it's primitive and and not uh, not conducive. Yeah, everything positive. That, you know? Everything about our lives is you know is is detrimental mm-hmm. and including. You know this idea Savagery. of spirituality, and you know, and, and and all of this stuff. So, so I mean, to, to, again, to that question, I I think we need to spend more time talking about the mental cues, the things that we need to pick up, and and let one of these programs, let one of these native producers feel strongly enough about this issue of suicide to address it, and and not romanticize it, mm-hmm. and not, you know, part of the whole thing is is my immediate response wasn't just sorrow and grief. It was anger. Yeah. I, and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know who to be angry at. I called you up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is that's just your nature, John. You're identifying the problem, and you're trying to find a way to fix it. I mean, the whole aspect of what your show does, your, your topics that you talk about, is to help promote that nativeness. You know, I mean, that, that's the way I look at it. You're trying to educate people on what we're about, who we're about, and it's beyond just the uh, fur feathers and buckskin that you know that we like to be portrayed as, and and whether you know, whether we like it or not, that's how we're portrayed as. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's, and in a sense, I think your disapproval of shows like, uh, or not not necessarily disapproval of the show, but maybe the storyline, yeah, yeah, is that lack of anything other than um, beyond what what the normal. I mean, you can watch any show about natives, and what's the number one joke everybody goes to? Fry bread. You you know you want a punchline for something? Fry bread. You know that that, that and that's not even ours. It's a, a colonial influence. You know, it's not. No, and and it, it, it's actually it, it's a it's it a it's now, a food it's a food that is that's a part of subjugation. I mean, so yeah, no, I, absolutely, and and so. Well, I think that, and I agree. I, mean, I listened to an interview with the with the cast from from Reservation Dogs, and and they joked about you know, that that native humor is such an integral part of our lives. And you and I talk about that all the time. It mm-hmm. absolutely is. Even hard situations, we we find humor in them. <laughs> but but at the same time, we may find humor in in some of our tragedy and some of our trauma. I don't think we can laugh everything off and and just not 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 give it its its proper due. And mm-hmm. so I think we need to be we we have to understand the, the root causes of missing and murdered indigenous women. Not mm-hmm. just who are the perpetrators yeah. of the murderers and and you know, look we can there's a long list that we can go and obviously Killers of the Flower Moon addresses you know what it was 100 years ago. So I think we have to understand the how we live and some of the circumstances that, that we are, that we live under that contribute to all of these lists that we top that we don't want to top. I guess in a way, this is a call out for uh, critical thinking on the issue. You know, let's take this beyond um, just what's on the face. Let's not just make it another, another fry bread punchline, you know, using suicide, you know, just as part of a plot or a, a person's character identity or, you know, part of a storyline. Let, let's talk more about it. What caused it? What, what was the after effects? What, um, what, what did the community go through? I mean, they didn't show that too much in, in, in the reservation dogs. No, no, they, they didn't. They didn't really that, show what led to it or, 
you know, was there, look, when we talk about grief or depression or any of these, these mental health uh, issues, there are usually triggers along the way too. That was part of the uh, story that was missing, I thought, in Killers of the Flower Moon. They showed the violence of the death on film. Boom, they, they, they off somebody, right? But they never showed the impact on the community. How did the family grieve through that? How did it affect them to maybe be on alert more or anything? They, you know, barely, they, barely, they did address it, but not in a way that, that yeah, they, they showed, showed you the full They showed a, a quick, you know, brief yeah. crying little bit. But it didn't show the impact of the loss of that person because that we're such a small. They gave, they gave a stronger again spoiler alert. They they gave more attention to the DiCaprio character grieving and crying about his daughter who died mm -hmm. of an illness yep. than the ones that the ones killed. who died of these of these violent crimes. I mean, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's very it's some of this stuff is problematic. And 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 look, I. I got out of Killers of Flower Moon kind of what I expected. I mean, I wasn't terribly surprised. I actually thought it would be a little better than it was because I think Scorsese is a very skilled director. Um, and, and cinematically, so, it was a good movie. But uh, again, that that's why I'm asking you: What would you like to see more in a, in a media form or or movie production or something like that? How would you take that step a little bit further? What uh, what characters would you like to air? Well, I think I think we do have what to show uh, one of the stuff is is showing some of the the trauma and and how we are um, how we act out. I mean, how are we dealing with it, or or are we dealing it, or you know, how, are are we compar Is that part of what leads to the suicide because we aren't adequately addressing the stuff individually or as a community? And I think that's you know the answer is probably obvious, but. Again, to show the cues and to show what the circumstances are that lead to things, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, Osage in the 20s or whether you're talking about, you know, Flathead Reservation, a, you know, a year ago. Mm -hmm. I just think that we have to have a, a stronger sense of obligation to not just to our young people, but to our communities to look for the cues. And, and I think in in film and in television and in, in some of these streaming services, Let's let's really talk about what the experience is, and and you know I realize that it may detract from you know from from what some people want to you know have a you know this uh, high anti and positive climactic uh, you know plot line, but I don't I don't think if you if you put native people on a screen and you I mean it's it's like with those with arm they didn't men mention reservation schools in in the, in the film, you know it's like. You know, oh, they want to make it sound like money is what did that, you know, that did all this harm to the people. They don't want to mention the fact that church might have done the harm. They don't want to mention the fact that uh, the reservation school or residential schools did the harm. And, you know, or the, the poverty that those people had before they were wealthy. See, there's none of that conversation, right? Now, do you think that they purposely remove from that? Because it's kind of like a yawn, right? I mean, you start getting into suicide and then that might trigger somebody into wanting, you know, uh, even persuading them into that, what, talking them into it more or less, you know, without, you know, directly doing it. But I could see it being as a trigger as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in the film, you know, obviously there was the one character who they tried to, they wanted it to look like a suicide. Right. And, you know, he, he yeah, said he, he was, he was, he was you know, he, he was suffering from melancholy and that kind of stuff. But, but again, not, not properly addressing, well, what is it that has him in that state of mind? Mm -hmm. And I realized that, 
this may not be the fodder that, that people are looking for in a film. And, you know, you know, you take that film that was already three and a half hours long. How do you fit more into it? Well, you don't fit more into it. You, you, you decide to take some, take some things out, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, and so I say the same thing about the next, you know, wh what's going to be the next iteration of a Reservation Dogs? Not that the series is done. Uh, they might be doing a film There's like There's spinoffs I, from what I understand. But I mean, so how do you, I mean, we can still do comedy. And and I think there there are funny things that happen in our lives. We can still do comedy, but I just think that we have to take a little bit more responsibility for some of the things that are not the laughable moments. When you mention comedy, I immediately think to some of the not too politically correct or dark humor that we get into sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that's but that again, that's our kind of our way of working through it. You know, I mean it, it's. Yeah, some people would it's, think that native humor is not really appropriate. It's the absurdity <laughs> of it, you know, but, you know, it, it's so close to what reality is that it is, um, it's laughable. I mean, because if you took it just a little bit more or a little bit less of what's going on, I mean, what you present in our in our type of humor, like amongst ourselves, is in a way very serious, but you're bringing that uh, topic forward, I guess. Well, it's it's like, you know, you see all the memes on uh, on social media that where you, you got a traditional uh, native person in traditional dress, maybe an old time photograph. And it said, and, and they make some, uh, some statement about, um, you know, you're, you're fighting for your land that you once lived on and, you, you know, that was taken away. Well, that must be rough. Or you make some comment about, you know, the Israel Palestine thing about mm -hmm. Israel claiming that land is theirs because they lived there one, a long time ago. And, and so you, you, you see the humor and, and that's, that's kind of what we, I mean, that is how we address some of the stuff. We do point to the hypocrisy and the absurdity yep. and the laughableness of some of that absurdity because, I, I, frankly, I mean, to be in a room and to listen to somebody talk about their so-called historical trauma and you realize, lady or man, whatever you're Way talking off. about, that <laughs> you don't even you don't even know and. And and the and the fact that we won't fully address it, and and I think that's why I wanted to have this conversation. And I, you know, you were one of the first people I went to when after I watched that episode, and uh, and and was somewhat bothered by it. And 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 look, I wasn't maybe maybe I did call you because I needed my own counseling, and and you and I bouncing off helps me a little bit. That's what I'm here for. Well, I mean, <laughs> and and likewise. And, and but the point is, I think more of us have to be prepared to do that. We've got to be able to pull somebody because look, I've got kids and i've got grandkids and and i have to worry about them and what they're going through i mean i as you as you as we get older we're going to see things in our grandchildren maybe we're going to see something in them that was something that we struggled with mm -hmm. or maybe we're not even gonna maybe they're struggling with things that we we never even that never even phased us because of who we were or the time that we lived in but all i know is that mental health issues um depression uh, suicide, substance abuse, these are major issues in Native communities. And I don't think that we're adequately addressing it, uh, at least not thus far. And and it to me, mentioning it in a film, mentioning it in a TV show... That's not resolving anything. No, and, and to a certain extent, I almost think I think it's exploitive. You're and, cheapening it, if anything. You're, you're, you're totally taken away from the full impact of what it is. I mean, that's, that's just, uh, that, that's not right. I mean, I watched that segment and they never closed with any statistics. I mean, I think they put up, what's the, uh, uh, 88, 88, eight, what's the number of suicide number? 
There's a, I don't know, it's like an, I'm sorry, I'll post it. Um, I mean, they talked, they did a, you know, um, uh, a, a thing in the beginning uh, uh, saying that suicide was going to be mentioned. But you know what? When they mentioned it early on in that segment, I thought that was all they were going to mention was the fact that this kid was, you know, was, yeah, was getting, you know, get kind of, you know, was feeling down because of what had happened in his community. I, I had no idea. I, it hit me like a thunderbolt to listen to that postscript where, you know, where they said the, the kid that they featured, you know, had committed suicide. And, you know, and, and again, I was angry with PBS. Um, frankly, I, I even reached out to the Boos Kennedy. I never got any, any feedback from him, from him, but you know, this is a series that I, I promoted. I, I went to New York to be a part of trying to promote this thing. And, uh, and I got to admit, I felt a little dirty. I, I felt, a, I, I didn't feel good about the role that I played. And look, and I didn't produce the films. I didn't do anything. I just pr tried to partic participate in a bit of a launch of it. But I hope that what I hope people will watch these things and keep in mind what you're saying and be, you know, apply some critical thinking. Like we said, I mean, mm -hmm. we don't have to just like something because, you know, be, because it's native producer, there's native characters. I think that we can hate things. <laughs> that, that's not too far off from, I mean, I, I kind of compared this to what you talked about with uh, back in the 50s or so when when the R team uh, had their imagery, you know, Black Hawks or whoever else had yeah. their imagery and stuff, and everybody wore the hats, wore the jerseys, anything, you know, because that was just a... Meaning, meaning our people. Our people, yeah. there was nothing in the dominant culture that we identified mm -hmm. with. So... We kind of went along I mean, that, with kinda, it for a while, it, right? What's the right term? Enamored? We're enamored. Yeah, yeah. We, we were enamored the fact by that we're being, being able to see our identity is being natives on TV. Yeah. You know, and I asked the question my, of myself: Are we ready to have uh, native media? Are we are we carrying ourselves forward to show in a media sense, or are we just painting uh, normal characters? Uh, normal being the the general population. Are we just painting them with the, uh, you know, the native uh, dressing? A little more skin color, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's basically because it, it's not showing natives' issues. It's showing general issues with native people. And that's, if we really got into the real hard part of what uh, native identity is or lack of identity and the results of that, I think uh, there's a whole lot bigger, uh, stronger message that can be put out there. But then again, like I said, it's kind of like it, a fine it, line. Is it, a, is it going to be popular? Is, or is it going to be a trigger? That's what yeah. I'm worried about. Well, too, you know? well that's but true. We can show those issues, but let's get back to some of our teachings that show uh, our way out of it. Because a lot of our teachings, like the condolence ceremony, you say, it, it shows us how that great, uh, how the, the, the great dark night or the long dark night, however they call it, is affects our body, how it affects our mind, our vision. We can't see nothing, can't hear nothing. We can't talk because we're choked from. The and, and and the metaphor is and that we, that we a staff out, yeah. a staff is used to break up our fire, which is the symbol our of our family. Fire. And that fire, uh, by by smashing the logs of that fire, the smoke and the embers and the ash go in the air and they go in our ears and our eyes and our, and we we get it in our throat. So the story, the three strings that we talk about in in this is are using the softest part of, of of the dough the skin from the softest part of the dough to to wipe away the not just the tears that we're grieving because you can analogize the pain of 
actually getting something in your eyes and your ears and your throat with, 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 the, with the grief, right? I mean, and so the, the, the symbology is wiping away the ash and the pain, but we're, we're literally wiping away the tears. And then we take the... But, the but also, that's done so that you can see uh, creation again. So you, so you can see beauty. Because we're blinded by that and we can't see anything. We don't want to, you know, can't, can't notice the nicest day out. You, you, you're not aware of anything. But then when that is gone, then you're starting to see creation again. And the, and the same thing with with taking the gulls, the seagull's wing and, and cleaning the ears. Now you can hear the birds again. You can hear the children play, playing and laughing. You can hear the comforting of your and, your your relatives talking to you and, and in those encouraging words. I mean, you hear words, but you may not be processing anything because your mind is still stuck on that grief. So you're hearing those encouraging words, and it, it, and it's helpful to you. And then, then of course, the 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 other one is is taking the the purest spring water, to not just quench the thirst, but to clear the throat, Relax. and you know, and 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 allow your voice to do more than just sob, and allow your voice to be your your, your breathing to clear, and your and your and you, allow you to converse with people. So that's what we. So the the symbology there is. Is is like you're physically removing something that's causing pain, but you're the the metaphor is that you are showing uh, enough compassion and care to towards a grieving person to allow them to hear again and see again and speak again. You're appreciating creation again. You're able to see the world as it is, as opposed to what your imagination or or where your mind is at from all of that grief working on your, your, cause that's all you can see. Right. When you're in that grief state, I mean, look at that with the suicide, you can't see nothing. You can't hear any of that stuff because you're There's no blood test for it. You're yeah. You're so, uh, you're so wrapped up in all of that grief and whatever else, you know, you, you don't think there's any way out, but if you can picture that condolence ceremony and you're, you're realizing that there is, beauty in the world yet you know there is things to be thankful for and, and work well and, and we talk about when a community has been plagued with a tragedy of some sort that we do a small condolence in that community but if we aren't fully understanding the messaging there and if we don't realize that it isn't just the act of the ceremony mm -hmm. but it's the compassion and it's the support that you get from the, yep. the family not just while you're grieving or, or after a tragedy but showing the same kind of compassion that can that can prevent a tragedy. I think that's that's what we're we're missing. So, you know, part of it, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in our teachings that that can be helpful. But if we only say the words and we don't fully understand yeah. and grasp Talk what's, about what's it. being, yeah. So that's part of the conversation, right? So I think you know because I look, I've watched series including some on PBS that try to recapture you know some you know some historical story or of some sort. And it, and, and it just misses it. I mean, I, I've seen, and whether it's native produced or non-native produced, I've seen them do the Dagana Wida story or the Hayawenta story and just completely miss the point. And Well, the, the messages are empty. Right. The, it's you just, showed it's a, just story. a story. You showed a story, you know, ooh, wow, you know. But then again, we're, we're so enamored with, with seeing native people on TV. We're not used to that. But if you can show that and then tell the backstory to it, like how we've been explained, I mean that's that's what we got to help try to interject into some of this media. I mean that's that's what I'd like to. Work I, I don't want to tear up, you know. Look, I don't want to belittle anybody who's who's managed to get themselves a place in in a 
entertainment career mm-hmm. that allows them to be an actor or a producer or a director or a writer. But all I'm saying is that we can do better and, and you can do better. And, and I, and that's, you know, look, that was what I said about reservation dogs. It, it was good. I liked it. It could have been better. As I said, the same thing about killers of the flower moon produced mm-hmm. by a white guy um, and told through the lens of, of the white folks who were involved in those, those terrible things. Mm-hmm. But, but even through that lens, it could have been better. So my, my whole point is let's have a higher expectation. And, and I'm not saying that we got to, you know, begrudge or, or belittle or, you know, or be, um, you know, some hostile critics of everything that we see and, and, and experience, mm-hmm. but let's try constructive criticism. We need, we need to try to uh, express our disappointment with that because I, I'm the same way. You know, granted, I, I would love to see some kind of movie that, that shows us in our, in our true, true form, you know, and uh, like, like say Guy Nagoa. I would like to see that applied in a film sense where people can actually see it and take from it that, yeah, that's, that's and it works. Really, Showing yeah, it work. that, yeah. That's something that, that's really, it, it, it's workable. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's the way to, you know, go about things, but I'm not a playwright. I'm not a writer. I'm not a director. I, you know, anything, you know, I mean, me and John talk about that all the time. You know, if we, how do we do a, a, a screenplay or whatever, you know, we, we don't have those skills, but, we would be able to help somebody that does do that um, to, to help make a better picture. And, and, and I think there's many, there's, film. I, I think there's many people that, that could, could play a role in that, but I think we have to stop feeling like we, um, that we had gained some privilege to do a film so much so that we're afraid to rock the boat. And I, I think we have to be prepared to have the tougher conversations. I think we have to be prepared to, uh, to address some of these tougher issues. Could we do it as a comedy? <laughs> you know, a- absolutely. Look, let's, you know, again, this is native, but there may not have been a show that, that addressed social issues as strongly as all in the family did. I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, you take, a, there is not a show that w- to me was as powerful as, you know, an Archie Bunker character yep. who was extreme one way and the Mike Meathead character mm-hmm. was extreme the other way. And they did all kinds of things that would be terrible. Make, playing Edith as, as, you know, as somebody who was dumb, yep. you know, or, or whatever else. I mean, the, some of the things they did, but, the, but they addressed tough issues. So, yeah, I think absolutely we could, we could address tough issues um, and still not be afraid to have those moments of, of laughter and, you know, and, you know, and, and, you know, and relief, relief from that, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, I'm, I'm not trying to pitch a show here. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that, but if you do take some of that away from what, our little discussion here, you know, <laughs> we have to do better. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I was really disappointed. I mean, look, uh, I find myself, you know, maybe my expectation should be, is, is too high for whether it's public radio or public broadcasting, but, I see failures. I mean, just the, the whole idea of, of trying to cast native people, you know, enlisting in the armed forces, for instance, as, you know, somehow fulfilling our warrior destiny as if we have a, you know, a predisposition to want to kill people or something. Mm-hmm. They, they, nobody will address the fact that the, the main reason native people enlisted a high raise because we don't have a whole lot of options on our territories or show the whole true purpose of a warrior is being that of peace. Yeah. And and establishing and creating and maintaining peace, it's not through war. It, it's through 
uh, effective uh, discussions in, in trying to prevent war. That's that's where we're at. But at the same time, we had to be ready for if, if those talks don't work. Well, and it's like, you know, this this week is leading into what the United States celebrates as Veterans Day. And what they even calling today Native American Veterans Day? Was that today or know. yesterday? I, I saw I saw that post and I was thinking, why? Me, I would I would much rather honor those those people who stood up against military aggression than than participated in it. And and I don't mean just peace activists. I mean some of the our people who stood up against the Canadian Army or the or the or the U.S. police, and mm-hmm. and we've seen it. We and we've got we've got I got there. pictures in the studio, <laughs> you know, uh, on the wall here. You know, we've got Oka, and we've got uh, you know the, the the fight with the state police over taxation. Those are the veterans that I want to honor, not the ones who put on a, a U.S. military or Canadian military mm-hmm. uniform, and then participated in aggression against other people. Yeah, it wasn't about peace it was or defense. No, absolutely it, it not. It was about aggression. I mean, that's, and that's then, the major difference. And, you know, and of course, our people enlist because they think they're going to do something that, you know, somebody can be proud of um, when they have so very few other options. And, and so I, I think when I, when I see public radio and public television doing that same narrative over and over again, and I hear our people repeating it again, I think it is such a false narrative to suggest that the reason Native people enlist at a, at a fairly high rate is because we have this predisposition to war. I mean, that belies the the, the very uh, fabric of who a Haudenosaunee are. But in a way, they are capturing that essence that we were effective warriors. I mean, but that wasn't our that wasn't our primary directive. Well, I, I think the idea of being able to defend yourself is one thing, but but enlisting with uh, uh, with the very army that that we had to fight against yeah. for you know generations that burned is, us out yeah and that burned us out that you know tried to starve us and you know committed all kinds of atrocities and and of course they also think let's let's not forget that the the residential schools oftentimes started in some of these military barracks like Carlisle Indian School mm-hmm. I mean these things were militaristic right from the start and and frankly. The whole goal was to prepare Native people, you know, to march and to to serve in the military, the Native boys anyway. So, yeah, I, I I just think we have to do better. And 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 part of you know, I I feel like I had to address what really got to me about watching that one episode. Um, and and I'm gonna bring up everyone that I see. Every time I see something that I think has been you know misrepresented or I thought inappropriately represented. Because look, they didn't tell any lies in that that episode, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the the community was was plagued and racked by suicide, and and the hope was that they were doing something that was somewhat therapeutic for these young boys. But in the end, and then and in the end, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And and the and the one character that they 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 keyed on and that they you know isolated for this segment committed the very suicide that they that they hoped they were preventing. So. Yeah, I, I just I'll I'll leave it there. But I think this is this is why I think it's important that we do more and and that we have to we we have to talk about these things. I, I don't think we can just sit back and just hope these things aren't going to happen. You know, it's, it's that is that proverbial thing. Well, you know, uh, it's it's never going to happen in my family. Well, it might. Can't always say that. No, and and the more you ignore this kind of stuff, the more you. Uh, the greater the, you know, the chances of something like this happening. And, you know, like I had a couple of those women, uh, you know, who 
were doing costume characters from Lakota territory on the show. I think were you? I don't know if you were part of that one, but uh, and and th- that was all about suicide prevention. I think we need to figure out what works, and we need to do more and more to try to recognize, uh, uh, especially young people at risk, but but anybody who's at risk, and and not just because they have a drug addiction or whatever else. I think a lot of times these these kids aren't even there yet, but they're but they're uh, you know. They're looking at somehow this idea that they've romanticized suicide as some noble exit strategy. And so I think we've, we've got to confront it. We've got to confront it. So that's all we got. Um, this is what I hope is the, only the start of a conversation. I want to thank Matt Hill for, uh, for joining me and being a part of the conversation. But I want you. I want you to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, any of you who are, who are hearing this broadcast or are hearing this this podcast, I hope you'll take something away. And and look, if you watch the episode, if you watch Dakota Thirty Eight, if you if you understand the premise of Reservation Dogs or any of these things, think about what a tragedy it really is when you when, whether it's fiction or whether it's true life that somebody that a young person would take their own life. I mean, I, I, I just think we have to do, we have to do more. So I want to thank you guys for, uh, for checking us out. And, uh, again, I want to thank Matt for joining me oh, and, uh, y'all for having me and y'all for reaching out, John. Well, well, thanks that, for being there. And I know it's not always easy to do, but you know, Hey, I, I was, I was there. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Thanks guys. We'll see you next time. Yep. Yahweh. Hola.